Paula Windows and Doors of Wisconsin has six lines to fit your style and financing to fit any budget. Through November 30th, choose 12 months, no payments and no interest, plus 20% off installation. Set your free consultation now at PalaWI.com. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give us a call at 855-616-1620. And now, in for Jeff Wagner, here's WTMJ's Carol Kane and Jane Matinair. Well, thank you so much, big voice guy. appreciate it. Yeah. You already put your time in. You did three and a half hours already this morning. You know what, though? I was I, I was very excited about doing this because I said, I feel like it's been a long time since I've been able to pull these kind of hours. <laughs> <laughs> Some people are embracing it. I missed it. So it's like, oh, I'm finally a grown-up again at 62. Full-time job. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I think it's going to be it's going to be delightfully fun. And I, I put it out on Facebook and Twitter, and people were... You know, inherently, I know we t- we just do something with Aaron Rodgers ever so quickly, and it's unfortunate. But I think people are inherently kind at their core, and they are just like you know, everybody's just like, "You go, girls!" <laughs> like, okay, we'll give it a shot. You were kind of nervous last night when I talked to you. So I, I was, was. Like, Jane. We'll be all right. She talked me off the ledge, which was really nice. <laughs> Yeah, that's we, that's how you know we've been friends for a really long time. It's fine. Um, we have all kinds of things coming up. The Bucks, of course, in uh, Washington, and they're going to be appearing at the White House, right, uh, to be honored at their World Championship. That's coming sure. up about one fifty. We will be dipping in and uh, and join that live. So that's yes. a little bit later on uh, yeah, this I, afternoon. And I don't think anybody really has any idea. We don't know how long that's going to run. So. I can't imagine it's going to be a terribly long ceremony. I would say maybe a half an hour max. Oh, I think that's. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be much shorter okay. than that. Much right. shorter than that. Hey, anytime you want to check in, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We'd love to hear from you. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. Yesterday's game, unfortunate. It could have been a whole lot worse. I thought, although the Chiefs oh, yeah. didn't play particularly well. I didn't. I. I, I didn't. I thought both teams were rather lackluster. Um, it wasn't, you know, an edge of the seat kind of game for me by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I thought it was respectable. We talked earlier today, you know, leave poor Jordan Love alone, too. You know, the poor kid's in the unenviable position of he's 23 years old. He's filling in for the guy. Right. Who's the guy? I mean, think about that. You had Brett Favre and then Aaron Rodgers. Who wants to step into that? No, nobody. Right. Nobody. Right. But I think that, you know, he didn't get into a rhythm until maybe the second half, but he scored, which is how great is that? Absolutely. I I did say to Lou, we were sitting there watching, and I said, what the travesty of this will be if he doesn't get into the end zone at least once. I'm crossing my fingers for this kid, and we did. He did, yeah. And that was great. Every time time he threw the ball, I was like, come on, kid! Come on, kid! Do good! You can do good! Are Are you a yeller? I'm not. Oh, see, I am. I'm not. I'm bad. <laughs> I'm bad. And I even posted, there was one time, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I was screaming and Aaron had run in or something. And so Bo got so wound up, he's like, woo! And so I'm like filming it. I think it's cute, you know. My uh, my dog loved the touchdown, too. But I bet I, yeah, he did. Yeah, I'm, I, yeah. And I felt bad for me. Mason Crosby. I think that kind of, at least momentum-wise, that, that one that he shanked kind of, 
set them off the path a little bit, right? You know, and uh, and they just had a hard time coming back from that. The one thing though that really stands out, and I don't know if you noticed this, Jordan Love's mother was there. Yeah, she hasn't missed one single game since he's played in college, from what I understand. Good girl. She was literally in the farthest nosebleed seat. <laughs> they did one shot of her. They had to zoom. I can't imagine the zoom lens they had so, because she was so far up there. I can't even believe she was able to see the field. You mean they couldn't pony up some I decent know. seats for the quarterback of the opposing team? The quarterback's mom? We can't do bet. Somebody couldn't trade seats. Somebody couldn't. I'll give you my ticket. I mean, come do we on. Do, now, I don't know, but do we do that? Like the Packers, do they do that? Is it kind of like some psychological thing, psychological warfare? Like when the family of the opposing team we comes put, in? We put the quarterback's mother in the worst possible seat? Do we? <laughs> <laughs> See, no, that wouldn't fly with me very well. I would be, I'd be, you know. You would make a stink. I would make a stink, yes. yes. But um, because I always think that I see like, Giselle Bunchen, she's always in a box now. It's Giselle, but I and you see the family members, and they're always in a like the opposing team's box right. up at the top. Right. I, I mean, even I though it was just protocol, even though it was an away game, there had to have been something, some, something better than seriously. She was so far; she had a concrete wall behind her. It was literally the back of the stadium. A poor thing. I know. I just thought it was it was not nice. No, it's not. Was she by herself? I I don't believe so. I think she was with a friend, but still. Oh, that's it's terrible. Like, come on, people, step it up. Uh, as we were talking, not talking about Aaron Rodgers, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar now is uh, is out dumping on Rodgers, and uh, we're not going to do that. I think I think he's. We, it's. I think it's enough. I think that he's gotten the message. I don't think he cares. I agree. I'm, I just, I, I, we were talking earlier today. I thought Bradshaw was very clear. Michael Strahan, Howie Long, um, Coach Johnson. I mean, I think they were all very clear. And the one thing at the end of my article that I read from NBC Sports, I think was really telling. It said, he can't blame the media on this criticism. This was not, this was four legends of NFL that were saying this about him. Four people whose busts are going into the, the NFL Hall, Hall of yeah. Fame where he will be going soon. So it's not, you can't blame it on the trolls media. You can't. No. So, um, it's just, you know, I, I just thought that was an interesting take. Um, and they've got Giants in the game. They've played, you know, they know what it's all about. And they just say, you misled us. And I think he did mislead us. But I also said, this is not just a game for us, Jane. This is a religion. Certainly in Wisconsin it is. We take this personally. We want you to be our guy and we want you to do well. So why... Why, you know, it's like a, what you, well, like when your kid lies to you. Did you eat the whole candy bar? You're, no. disapp- you're disappointed. Right. I, exactly. I'm, I'm so, oh, that was the worst thing to hear from your parents. I'm so disappointed in you. Oh, boy. You know, <laughs> for me, it was like, if that disappointed you, that was a mild case. <laughs> I could do so, so much, much more damage. <laughs> we got to take a break. Um, one last thing. Hey, Packers, next time Jordan Love's mother is there, can we can we help her out with a decent seat at least? It's uh, 1215 at WTMJ.
Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Jeff is off until Thursday. Carol and I filling in today, tomorrow, and Wednesday. Just uh, reading some of your texts here at the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line at 855-616-1620. Uh, talking about Jordan Love's mother uh, got these terrible seats at yesterday's game. Right. And uh, texts are saying he was with, uh, she was with, rather, his girlfriend. Um, so they both got just terrible, terrible seats. Um, I said that I don't want to dump on him. I think it's been done enough. Not everyone agrees. Jeff from Fox Point says, I think he should lose all of his sponsorships. And I think he should be suspended for more games. If not, he's showing that he is above the rules and he can just do whatever he wants. And it doesn't matter who he puts at peril. Well, he's getting hit in the pocketbook. No doubt about it. Is he really? Well, the medical company dropped him. I know. Um, And I State Farm, I'm not sure exactly what's happening with State Farm. It was interesting to me that... Terry Bradshaw was supposed to be doing was supposed to be doing the new State Farm ad that was supposed to air yesterday. Oh, really? And then after that, after the rant, they probably said, "You yeah, know, we're going to pull that Terry Bradshaw one." So, I mean, I don't know what kind of money he makes through these endorsements. I'm going to say it's substantial, but the dude makes over thirty million dollars. He doesn't need it. Well, that's my point too. I, and again, the, those sponsorships, I'm sure, are lovely and uh, and help fluff things up a little bit. But like you say, the man's making the man's making bank. You want to know something? Let me tell you this. This is where he would come into our good graces. If he says, don't drop me as a sponsorship, I know I kind of made a mistake, let me make it up to you, and I will take every cent you give me, and I will donate it to some charity. What do you... Can you imagine? I want you to donate this to some charity to benefit throughout the state. Can you... I, I think that would be... Everybody would be like, okay... You know what? That's not a bad idea. That isn't a bad idea. I don't particularly see that happening. No, it's not going to. I don't to. think he's big on apologizing. No, it's not going to. <laughs> this is the Pollyanna in Carol. Just thinking, this wouldn't is what, that be nice? Wouldn't this be the way? It's my mom. Here's the way it should be, Carol. That's the way it should be. If everything were according to mom. That's the way my mom used to say it. Oh, Carol. Oh. <laughs> so sweet. She's so funny. Oh, God. Texter from the 262, just because he works for the NFL doesn't mean the NFL owns him. He still can and should be able to have a personal, uh, make a personal decision and it is his right to. No doubt. I mean, we've made that very, very clear, but it's just the ramifications of that personal once you start to infiltrate on other people's rights, then there's a problem. That's where I have my issue. Um, talking about the issue with uh, Jordan Love's mother and girlfriend being stuck in those nosebleed seats um, from the 262, or 920, oh, I'm sorry. The way the NFL does ticketing, it's ticketing for visiting teams. They have to supply one luxury box and a certain amount of tickets, and they can be anywhere. A friend of mine works for the Packers. I've sat in the seats, and they really haven't been too good overall. Insult your field. You're in the last row of the upper deck and you can see the skies skyline the city's skyline better and what's going on i have never sat in that seat i don't know is that an advantage i suppose you get a much better a much better uh, scope of the field when you're sitting that high up um sure uh i'm not one to attend in per- i know this uh, steve and i always get into this because he loves going to the games yes and i i don't just because of the fact that I know where the food is at my house. I know where the bathroom is. There's never a line. I know where the liquor cabinet is. I know where the beer is stored. And um, I'm much happier in my big recliner 
watching all by myself and screaming at the TV by myself. There, I've said it. People love being there, though, for the atmosphere and the excitement and and to be part of it. Another texter says it doesn't matter what he said to the media, nor was any of the media or the public's business whether he was vaccinated or not. So even though he misled them, it's none of their business. His boss, the NFL, had him logged in as not vaccinated. That's all that matters. He didn't break their rules. Therefore, he does not deserve any type of suspension for misleading the media. I'm not sure that he didn't break some rules, at least some protocols. Um, there were some protocols, like he wasn't wearing the mask during the press conference and things like that. Those kind of protocols, I don't think he really followed. Um, I am not going to take away from him that he has the absolute right not to be vaccinated. But I just think that the mis. Yeah, and I just think misleading isn't right. Um, and I think that, and he wouldn't be in the position he's in right now if during that immunization he could say, I just want to make that clear. I am immunized, but I have not received the vaccine for COVID. Right. Now ask any question you want. I will tell you if I feel like giving up the information. If I don't, then you're going to have to deal with it. But I think the blowback would have been lesser if I, it had been full disclosure. Well, it's kind of it's lying by by omission, right? right? It's not it's not telling the whole story. We got to go to break. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line eight five five six one six one one six twenty. Jane and Carol filling in for Jeff on WTMJ. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. <laughs> Jeff is off until Thursday. Jane and Carol filling in today, tomorrow, and Wednesday. Talking about what else? Aaron Rodgers. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line at 855-616-1620. We have Doreen uh, checking in. Hi, Doreen. What do you want to say? Hi. Good afternoon, ladies. Um, I, first of all, Rodgers is not God. Second of all, he lied. He blatantly lied. Third, he broke protocol by riding on the team plane when you are not supposed to if you are not vaccinated. Okay. And lastly, he should be personally um, penalized, whatever. I don't think it has anything to do with the team, the office. I think it's solely on Rogers. Thank you so much for checking in, Doreen. We really appreciate it. Yeah, again, it's it's the, the breaking of the NFL protocols that I think is going to be the sticking point amongst all of this and what the organization did to allow that. Listen, there are a lot of hands that are in this pot right now. You know what I mean? He's not the only one that should maybe face a few repercussions because I don't think... If the NFL knew that he wasn't uh, that he wasn't vaccinated and are allowing all this stuff to happen, well, then they take a part in the blame too. I, I it's not just one person, not by any stretch of the imagination. Jeff from Brookfield is on the line. Hi, Thanks Jeff. for hanging on, Jeff. What do you want to say? Hey, um, I was just thinking that what Rogers did is somewhat similar to what Ryan Braun did when he got into trouble. Uh, you know, he lied to try and cover his tracks, and then he had to come back and say, hey, I was bad. Um, and this isn't as serious as that, but I say the people of Wisconsin will not tolerate the lie. They can, they'll tolerate the act, but they won't tolerate the lie. 
It's like we were saying and, uh, before, Jeff, right? It's like being disappointed yeah. in your kids and saying, I'm so disappointed exactly. in you. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, he, look what happened with Steve. You know, he went after him today. And rightly so, but he was the biggest supporter of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, this morning. Steve was a know, hu- yeah. yeah. So, no, and, you're absolutely uh, right. Remember when Brett Favre had trouble with uh, pills and, and booze? And he got into a press conference, and I got a problem. I'm going to go fix it. Yeah, we're a lot more, yeah. if you own it, right, Jeff? If you own it and, and are honest yeah. about it, I think people are a lot are a lot more forgiving. Yeah, no kidding. No. Yeah. That's yeah. great. And Thank- you're right. There's a, there's a lot of people in this situation in the NFL, and, you know, it's all this money talks, and that's about all it is. Thank so. you so much for calling, Jeff. We Thanks, really Jeff. appreciate it. Uh, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, we'd love to hear from you. 855-616-1620. This texter says, too, no one has talked about the Packers' role in the Aaron Rodgers unvaccinated misstep. The Packers enabled him to act that way, did not think of all the players fairly, and created a bad work environment. Is it motivated to win? Motivated to win instead of doing the right thing. I... There are a lot of questions that need to be answered, and to tell you the truth, I don't think we're ever going to get an answer at all. I think it's just going to be, we just, um, nothing to 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 see over here, just keep moving, keep moving. Move along. Another texter, Rogers, exposed many others to the virus in the NFL. He should face consequences. And also from the 414, all unvaccinated players in close contact with positive COVID players are supposed to quarantine and not play. Adams was COVID positive. Lazard couldn't play against Washington. Rodgers should also have been pulled from that game. Jane and Carol filling in for Jeff Wagner until Thursday. Jeff will be back on Thursday. We were just uh, laughing off the air a little bit. I'm so glad that the camera isn't on right now because I am so blind. I had to move the screen so close to my face. You could count my pores. It's it's well, it's ridiculous. I'm glad, I, and I'm equally glad that it's not on because I'll uh, tell you what happened to me last night. I went to bed with one face and I woke up with another one. I'm like, what has happened to me in the middle of the night? I had a huge zit underneath my nose. It's like the zit patrol kicks into gear. I'm like, I'm just laying here. I'm not doing anything. So I had this huge zit underneath my nose, and I've well, I've used some kind of something, and my eyes are all irritated and red and scaly and this, crusty oh God. this like, is why we're on the radio <laughs> it's like i'm like what happened to the face i had last night that's hilarious it went to bed i don't know i went to bed and i woke up and i literally i looked in the mirror and went oh my god does that doesn't that ever ha- does that ever happen to you every day who is this person? Absolutely. Oh, it's just, and my face itches like nuts. I want to taste. You must be allergic to something. I, and I, if if anything is going to um, inflame, it's going to be right underneath my eyes. So it makes my dark circles look even more exaggerated. Which is a lovely look. <laughs> Listen, I said to you off the air, I need a new hip, hearing aids, and glasses. <laughs> And now this. Wow. Windex, Carol. (laughs) 
Yeah, put Windex. Some Windex. Put some Windex on it. Aren't I selling myself? We're switching gears a little bit here, talking about the job market, and we know that uh, they added. 500,000, over 500,000 jobs last week. Dave Spano was talking about how great the jobs report was and that, you know, jobless claims are down like uh, 4.6. Yeah, it's like 4.6. But there are still weird things that are going on. You know, I find this whole ghosting thing to be challenging on so many different levels. Now, I found this article that said the strange new trend that's enraging hiring managers. And it says, um, few people are as knee-deep in our work-related anxieties and sticky office politics as this woman who's been fielding workplace questions for a decade on her website, Ask a Manager. She spotlights themes from her inbox that help explain the modern workplace and how we could be navigating it a little better. Employers are increasingly grumbling about job seekers ghosting them. So this whole thing is job candidates... Fill out the application. They come and they fill out the application, and then when they are called for a face-to-face or Zoom interview or so, never get back to them. Never get back. Um, this one employer was saying, I tried to get a hold of seven applicants. One got back to me. And then they're also talking about, uh, so you get hired. Right. Now, it would never... I know you too. We're very loyal. When we come, when if somebody's nice enough to get us a gig, we're going to come in. You bet. But they come in, they work one day or maybe two days, and then they're never heard from again. And just never come back. Never come back. Yeah, I can't even imagine doing that. No. Unless the job was so horrible. But you would still think that at least you would say something to them. This isn't going to work out for me. I've decided, you know, I got another offer. Maybe they got another offer. Is it just we're we're this complete lack of civility anymore? Well, it's to me, it's it's rude and unprofessional completely, and that's an understatement. If you ask me, Um, it's rude because you're wasting somebody's time. You know, here's somebody and money, money, and they're waiting to have, and they want to hire you. They want to hire you, or they have hired you. So. As I'm curious to hear from some managers out there what kind of challenges you are having when it comes to filling the slots that are available. Um, and are you, are you gravitating towards maybe more people like our age? Older, older people? Because, okay, that's very kind of you. But I mean, <laughs> um, because we do have that ethic to, 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 to show in, up. To show up. To show up. I, I'm just curious as to how the market is, is kind of panning out here in the Milwaukee area because I, it's, um, it says the, they would take the time off from work, maybe buy a new suit, spend time interviewing, often doing second, third, and even fourth rounds of interviews, and then never hear from the employer again. So it works. it's working both ways. So sometimes the employer is the offender and sometimes the employee, future employee is the offender. Well, and I think that goes back to maybe the crash in 2008 when employers really held all the cards and it was a lot of be glad you have a job, and I think people were grateful to have a job, and now the script has kind of flipped with, you know, people, again, I just can't imagine going through a fourth interview and then having them reach out to offer you the job and you don't get back to them. Yeah, I to me, it's, I'm wondering if it is, I, I do not know, this article does not... Um, Talk about ages. Yeah, it's not generational as the fact of pinpointing as to where this is the most egregious age group. Um, 
But I will say this, that I have been recently, and it's so frustrating. Like, I used to MC something to the north. I'm not going to give them any pub because they didn't ask me back. But... I must have written them a half a dozen times, left half a dozen phone calls. You know, can you tell me if I should have this on my calendar? What's going on? I've done this for seven, eight years, blah, 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 blah. Finally, somebody got back to me and it was like, no, we're not going to use you. Well, okay. why didn't you get back to me three, 30, 13 messages ago? Uh, yeah, I don't understand it. And I don't understand when people write to me and they want my help and I give them my help and then I call to see how you're doing. And nothing, nothing, never get back to me. Texting. How are you? I'm concerned. And I have a friend of mine who finally said to me, and it was so clear. It was just clarity. You know, the skies kind of part sometimes this. He goes, why are you chasing people? And I went, you know what? I don't know. And so for these job or these jobs, if they don't get back to you, they clearly you gotta don't. Move, yeah, yeah, you got to move on. Just move on and just chalk it up to. Bad parenting. <laughs> Why not? And there's a whole lot of bad parenting because this is a growing problem. If you are an employer, if you are a would-be employee who has done this, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, what you're dealing with, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line at 855-616-1620. Have you been ghosted as an employer? Have you had multiple candidates come in and interview? And then when you try to reach out and offer them the job, uh, they don't even respond to you? Have you done this? Have you interviewed for a job, gotten the job, gone in one day, did the job, and then just never gone back? You know, if it's Mike Rowe cleaning the sewer bed, then I'm going to walk out as I'm covered in muck and go, you know, (laughs) I don't think this is a good fit for me. I'm going to, I'm just going to... Just as a courtesy. Right. Just as a courtesy. Uh, Someone from the 262 texted in, a friend of mine is in management at a senior facility. They are 100 people short. They had dozens of interviews scheduled. One person showed up. She said conditions are awful, especially at nursing homes and assisted living facilities. People are sitting, ooh, in their own waste because there aren't enough people to help. Right. I mean, those cases are i i'm not going to say that they don't happen but i'm not going to say that that's the norm by any stretch of the imagination um like say for example when my mom was at um at luther manor the the, now the pay isn't great i get it pay isn't great and it's a calling for a lot of people and i was thrilled with some of the stuff that happened with her some of the people were great and then you know there's always pros and cons that's a really difficult job and, and like you said, I think those those are very special people who oh. who have find it as a calling. Um, that's a really really tough job. Right, right. In a lot of cases, the first day on the job is mainly spent in the HR department, going over all the aspects of employment. So quitting after the first day doesn't even give you a feel for what the actual job is going to be like, since they didn't even do any of the work yet. I don't get it. I I just don't get it. I've had unless some, yeah. unless people manage to bank so much money during the the shutdown and everything did we all save so much money that we have this big nest egg now that we don't have to take jobs no i don't think so because i don't certainly have enough that would like how long would it, how long would it carry you yeah uh, we have mike on the phone hi mike hi mike what do you want to say well i worked at a hotel in tucson and this one woman was supposed in my department was supposed to start on this particular day 
and she was going to start filling out the paperwork at HR, and she said, well, i got to go to my car and get my ID and social security card. But the thing is, she never returned. She never came back. She never came back to fill out the paperwork. She disappeared on us. It's it's like ditching a bad blind date. I mean, it's go, it goes back to what you were talking about, where even if they were there a day or two, it's so, so disrespectful. Like you said, it takes time and money to find these applicants, and they just disappear. There's no respect for the uh, employer. Well, and, you know, I this article that we're talking about that was um, talking about the people who are applying for jobs and that are ghosting these employers said maybe it wouldn't have happened if the employers hadn't been doing the same for these potential employees for decades and decades, which I think is a lot of horse manure because you just can't keep constantly blaming the past. Well, and I think that's a terrible way to live life. If we're going to try and, and get retribution for everything over and over and over again, we got to go to break on the Academic Mortgage Talk and text line. If you are calling, please hang on, 855-616-1620. Jane and Carol on WTMJ. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Carol and Jane in for Jeff, who will be back on Thursday. We're talking about employers being ghosted by potential employees. So you have someone who comes and applies for a job. You offer them the job. They take the job. They come in for one day and then just disappear or that you can't even reach them to uh, to make right. the phone offer. Don't uh, They don't answer their phone. They don't answer emails. They don't answer texts. It's just, once again, um, and I don't care if it's an employee-employer situation or just interpersonal communications it is absolutely one of the rudest things to just leave somebody hanging and with with no indication as to did i do something did i make you mad did i upset you because and even with the text you know every nuance every emotion is never it's you have to be very careful very very careful and it's just like just call me and I'm okay being the spurned girlfriend. Just let me know. Well, again, just as a point of common courtesy, right? And, you know, and you want to have that admit that, you know, it's not going to work out. Is it this inability to claim ownership of this? Is that what people don't want to do anymore? I don't want to have to tell them that I don't want this job, that I, I don't get it. Or is it lack of ability for conflict? Like, you don't want to have any, I don't want to have any conflict. I'm going to walk away from this because I just am not good in situations of conflict. And I'm like, you know what? I've said this so many times. Say it to my face. Don't just walk away and pretend you don't exist because I know you existed. You (laughs) came in. I I, saw you. I saw you, yes. Um, I know you. I can tell you what you were wearing at the interview, most likely. But but that that takes some courage. Well, but we need to build some backbone then again in this country so that you can at least say this is not right for me. I would much rather have that than somebody just not show up because then I'm like, what, what happened? Are they, yeah. Well, are they okay? You know, I go right to that. It's like, did something happen? I, I heard about that accident on Southbound 45. I hope that wasn't them. What happened? I, I, well, yeah, I, I, I can't even imagine uh, being an employer in that position and how frustrating it has to be right now trying to fill spots. We know it's tough. Uh, texture. I had to quit a job because they hired me for shipping and then they put me on the production line. I did tell them it wasn't going to work out. We hire and get ghosted all the time or they come for a day or two and then no call and just no show. 
Uh, you know what? If one of my kids did that, I would absolutely hang them by their thumbs from the top of the U.S. Bank building. It's like, no, I didn't raise you that way. And I just wonder why it's okay in somebody. I don't understand the mindset as to why it's okay in somebody's mind to do that. Do you understand what I mean? What's the, I, I, it just doesn't make any sense. Do you not want a paycheck? Do you not want to work? Is it now? I've I've brought up multiple times because I know that it's very difficult out there, and we are making strides when it comes to the workforce. The jobs report is much better than it used to be, but some of these some of these people, it's like that's beneath me. I'm not gonna. I you know I've come and I've done the interview and I've realized that's beneath me. You want to know something? There's nothing beneath me, and I've said multiple times on Steve's show. You want me? I want to go see how bad these jobs really are. I'll go stay in the line at McDonald's. I'll give you. I'll, I, I, I think it would be fascinating, a fascinating study. I'll go and do. What do you need me to do? Pick up your dog poop? I'll come pick up your dog poop. What the heck? I got to do it at my house. Why not? What's one more? Eight five five six one six one six twenty is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We're talking about uh, employers getting ghosted with people not showing up after they've gotten the job or just walking off the day after they got the job. We have Jane from Pewaukee on the line. Hey, Jane, what do you want to say? Oh, hi, Jane. <laughs> I, you know, my my thought is, you know, in some respect that young people, not, not that they're bad, but it's just what their little society has been doing for a while. And that's, you know, in some respects, they've had uh, a poor work ethic and for years, for some years now. You, you know, I would hear it all the time. You know, you go to the store and they just stand there and don't ask you if they can help you and da 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 da. But then with the pandemic, that comes up and now they're hearing older people grumbling and complaining about jobs or lack of work and, and just a general negative feeling. And I think there was support in that um, for younger people to really go out there and get jobs and um older people i don't i don't know the story on why everyone why this is going on so widespread if everybody's just not working or if they found better jobs or if they're going to school i i don't know what the breakdown is on that but i think there's a general attitude about working and it's negative okay thank you so much Jane. it's a responsibility thank you thank you for checking in um texture from the 262 I think I do think it is the conflict angle and what you mentioned parenting. It's got to come from somewhere. Uh, again, people don't want to have to face uncomfortable truths or say uncomfortable things. Um, we're talking about ghosting of employers. We got to go to break. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line eight five five six one six one six twenty. Carol and Jane in for Jeff on WTMJ. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Jane and Carol in for Jeff. He's back on Thursday, 855-616-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Anne has been holding on for a while, talking about employers being ghosted. What do you want to say, Anne? Thanks for calling. Hi, Anne. Hi, you talked about um, work ethic, and I have a story of our eight daughter when she was 18 years old, which was a number of years ago. She was home from school, so she went to a temp agency to um, apply for a job, and they gave her a job, a factory job, and she went the first day and came home, and we said, well, how did things go? And she said, nobody talked to me, nobody. 
Nobody showed me where the break room was. Nobody said hello to me, welcomed me. Nobody showed me where the bathroom was or anything. And so she went back the second day, and the people said, nobody ever comes back a second day. And she stuck it out for the whole summer. Wow. Good for her. Wow. I, I mean, we learned good work ethic from our parents, and we have passed it on to our three kids because I see it all the time, and now the grandkids, too. And I'm very proud of them, but it was not an easy job. And, uh, I mean, she came home with banged-up fingers and cuts and stuff. But, yes, yeah, she said nobody – they told her that nobody ever came back a second day. Did she huh. Did she mention to them that no one took her around the, the on her first day? No, I don't think she said anything. Yeah, just and in fact, bullet. there was one man who, by today's standards, harassed her. He would come by and pull her pigtails or ponytails because she had to keep her hair back so it didn't get caught in the machinery. And I went, oh, boy, today that would be bad news. Absolutely. But, um, she, just, she just ignored it. I mean, it was a number of years ago. And so at that time, she was just happy to have a job. And I give her credit for sticking it out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, and for Thanks, calling. Uh, we got news coming up. We will be back after the top of the hour. It's Carol and Jane. Jane and Carol on WTMJ. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, in for Jeff Wagner, here's WTMJ's Carol Kane and Jane Matinere. Jeff is off until Thursday. Carol and I filling in. In the meantime, uh, we're going to talk dogs to start off this hour. Mike Spaulding, you have a dog. I have a dog. What is what is the dog's name? Her name is Daisy, and she is a rescue from the Wisconsin Humane Society. Was she named Daisy, or did you name her Daisy? We named her Daisy. And how did you come up with the name? Um, it is actually a an album by a band that my wife and I both enjoy. And so we got a girl dog and just thought, oh, this is perfect. I like it. Yeah. What kind of dog? I mean, because they're always... I love the humane societies and haws and all that, and I'm I'm all into rescues too. But they're always lab mixes. If you, yes. it's like a, we can't tell what it is. So it's just it's a lab mix of some kind. Is that what she is? She is. She's like a lab mix, like a German short hair pointer mix kind of. So she has like the long nose, sniffs everything. Okay, it's big, lazy. Sure. And Carol, what is your what are your dogs' names? Um, well, I have a Sydney Squiggleworm. They all have. Full name, okay. Sydney Squiggleworm, and Sydney is half golden, half Australian Shepherd. And then I have S.G. Beauregard, Southern Gentleman Beauregard, because he came from a shelter in Alabama, and he's, he's a, hound. a coon hound. <laughs> and as my buddy Ted Perry said to me once when we were talking about dogs, um, he said, is there possibly a better name for a coon hound from Alabama than Beauregard? And no. I said, I stopped at Beauregard Lee because I thought that was a little too Confederate. <laughs> I, I'm just wondering when this trend started to name dogs people names. Because growing up, we had Sailor. Oh, yeah. And I have no idea why he was named that. One of my brothers named him that. Um, we never did people names. My brother-in-law's first dog was named Peter. And I thought that was the funniest thing I had heard in my life. We had people named dogs when I was a kid and then when I was little we got a puppy and my brother and i were allowed to name her and my wife had the same thing and that's how the dogs ended up being blackie 
because they were black and nice. we were kids and nice. it's just you look at it and <laughs> that's what it is and then that was that's their names uh, forever right sure well we had taliesin was my chihuahua wow my mom wanted to name her after frank Lloyd Wright's place so wow. taliesin you, did you called her tally tally okay right we called her tally and then we had um elsa t washington she was a rescue then we had sydney or um, shadow same kind of thing, Mike. You know, she was. Uh, she all my dogs are black for some reason. I'm just drawn to that face. And uh, Shadow followed me everywhere, so I just was Shadow, and I didn't realize how prevalent the name Shadow was. And then we had Lulu, Lulu Tank, because she was just a big girl. Yep. And then the other two now, Sydney and Beauregard. Eight, now five, you had just lost Bentley. I'm Barkley. You know, Bar- Barkley. Barkley. That's, yeah. Yeah. And I, I we named him Barkley because I think it's funny. Right. Not, not be, it, people thought I named them after Charles Barkley. It had nothing to do with Charles Barkley. Were you like, who is, what's a Charles Barkley? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we lost Barkley uh, in August, unfortunately. But uh, we would love to know what your pets' names are. Well, you know, it, you, you bring up an interesting point because I remember uh, being someplace, it was an event uh, that I was participating in, and this little black lab mix puppy of some kind and i go what's the bob bob his (laughs) name is bob bob and uh, i have a buddy whose son's name dog's name is frank so i mean but you don't see you're never going to see a carol nobody's going to name their dog carol or a jane most likely probably not you know but you probably would see a mike for sure my grandparents had a dog named mike really yeah yeah, his first name was Sir. It was Sir, Sir Mike. Mike. Yeah, he was a German Shepherd, and they—I I think it had something to do. They um, helped raise canines for the St. Louis County Police Department or Sheriff's Office. Oh wow! So I don't know if it was like a a very like uh, official, militaristic o- name official for name. a reason because mm-hmm. he fa- he fathered all these St. Louis police dogs. But wow. yeah. He was Mike. Mike. 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And thank you so much, by the way, for all of your texts. And we do read all of them. Unfortunately, not all of them can get on the air because things just move so quickly. Right. And uh, But we really do appreciate your, your joining in. Uh, pet names. My cat is named Ernie. Our dog is Willie because we lived in both Wisconsin and Illinois. Okay. Like oh, that. that's cute. That's like a great that. idea. I have two black labs, Lola and Copa. Lola was a dancer at the Copa Cabana. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> I had um, somebody wrote, I have a friend who lives out east, and his dog's name is Lou. After your husband. I don't know. <laughs> I just think it's funny. He sends me pictures, and Lou is some kind of a pity mix of some kind. He's got that big square face, and he's always just like, Lou likes going camping, and Lou likes this. And I'm like, it's hilarious, because that's my husband's name. I have a list of the 40 best or most popular names for male dogs. Number one is Bear. Be very careful. What See, everybody that I know that named their dog Bear... Their dog actually turned out to be as large as bears. It's, it's a the big same, dog name, right? It's a yeah. big dog name, and it's like it's like Zeus or Apollo or something like that. You're shutting yourself up for a moose. That's what you're doing. Well, you're, but or or you can go the flip side. Joan Rivers had Chihuahua named Spike, which right. I always thought was hilarious. Right, right. You know this little purse puppy named Spike. They could be mean though. My mother-in-law has a chihuahua who does not enjoy anyone except for her. Oh, yeah. No, oh, really? very jealous. 
Very protective. Very, they're so little, small. Little bitey. And you feel bad because they're tiny and you're like, yeah, I, I see you. I hear you. You're biting my shoe. But like beyond that, he doesn't have a lot of power over it. But yeah, I could see a spike because they're, they're mad. They, they can be. I, I think if you talk to I think if you talk to post, uh, postal uh, workers, <laughs> they will tell right. you that it's the smaller dogs that are more likely to nip them right. than, than the bigger dogs. Uh, also popular on the, these dog names, Max is number two. Teddy, number three. I knew a Teddy. Uh, Milo. That's a big one. Four. Milo I for think a dog. Milo, I think. Did you ever know uh, the little TV show from Disney, Milo and Otis? Uh, no. Okay, that, that was, was it. Was about a cat and a dog, and the dog was like a pug, and there was a cat, and they were fast friends. And it was, um, it wasn't animated. It was, you know, oh really? They were, they were yeah, actual, actual animals. Yeah, and it was one of Elizabeth's favorites. So we always watched Milo and Otis. So yeah, I've seen Milo. Here's huh? Jack, number thirty-three. Jack. Yeah, which that that goes back a long, long way. Uh, Tucker also in there. Duke. Which is a classic also. Uh, we gotta go to break. 855-616-1620 is the AccuNet Mortgage. Talk and text line. Tell us your pet's name. Where did the idea come from? If you're on the line, please hang on. We will be right back after this on WTMJ. Back to take your calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Jeff is off until Thursday. Jane and Carol filling in in the meantime, talking about your dog's names at 855-616-1620, the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Thank you, everybody, for hanging on the phone. Renee uh, from the Southwest Side, we're going to start with you. Renee, what's your puppy's name? Jazzy. Jazzy. Yes. Okay. She's a pointer. Well, okay, she's supposed to be a pointer mix, said the Humane Society. <laughs> the DNA didn't even show 1% a pointer. She was so hyper when we got her, jumping up and down, pick me, pick me. And Jazzy just seemed like the, the right name. Okay. Never thought of calling her, you know, Catherine or <laughs> no. Becky or or anything like that, Jazzy. No. All right. No, no, no human name. No. Thanks a lot, Renee. We're going to go next to Linda from West Dallas. Linda, thanks so much for hanging on. What uh, What are your pets' names? Okay, I uh, I moved back from Florida last year, but in Florida I ended up with three strays, and I got Dover the Rover. He's a black and tan coonhound too, and uh, he's mixed with Roddy. But his name is Dover the Rover because I found him. He, I guess he was living in our subdivision for about three months before somebody told me about him. Oh wow! And that I was able to catch him. I used to volunteer at the Humane Society, so you know, dogs they they learn to trust you. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, so that was Dover to Rover, and then Calabox, because I was in Ocala, Florida, and Calabox, uh, uh, what's the homeless people had him, some kids walking down the street with young adults, and I paid 40 bucks for him. So now that he lives here, he fits right in with the Milwaukee, with the Milwaukee bucks, so that's good. Then I got Indy, who my husband was on the way from Florida uh, about five years ago to go to an Indy car race at the Milwaukee Mile. Oh, got and it. She showed up at the end of the end of our driveway, so we got Indy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So those are our three. And as working volunteering at the Humane Society, we had a lot, a lot, a lot of lab mixes, and we were pushing it a little when we started naming them Blue Nose Labs, because most of our lab mixes had pitted them. And that's how we, you know, we're able to get them adopted. Because they're beautiful and wonderful dogs, too. Absolutely. Anyway. Well, you have a you have a really good heart, Linda. Thank you for uh, for working with the Humane Society okay. and You're and take, taking in all those uh, all those abandoned animals. That takes a really special person I to do that. Always. What Scott said, and they're like, "Why did you do this to me, Mom?" <laughs> I know, right? Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Hey, thanks for calling. Um, I've always wanted to do that. 
but I'm always afraid of being that person who has 27 dogs. Mm-hmm. It's got to be so hard. And I, uh, Brenda here at the station um, only adopts senior ill I Pets. know somebody else that does that, my she's friend a, Bjorn. She's a saint. Mm-hmm. I just think she's a saint. Um, but that's a that's a calling too, uh, to give them their best their best life for as long as they have left. Uh 855-616-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Uh taking your calls about your pets. Mel from Grafton. Hi. Hi. Mel from Cuddy. Jeez, my eyes are terrible. <laughs> Hi Mel, how are you? Very well. Um uh, first place, my wife used to run an animal shelter in Texas, so we could give you names the rest of the afternoon. <laughs> before, 50, uh, 60 years ago, before we were married, a friend of mine had a dog named Peggy. Peggy. Yeah. Named after his dog? I don't know what it was after. I, I never did ask her. Huh. Uh, my first guide dog was uh, Joshua. Well, there you my go. Second, my second one was Tully. But my third one was a name that I thought was the most unusual for a dog, Zorro. Zorro. Was he a black dog? Uh, yeah. He was okay. a black dog. So there you go. A black dog. I, yeah. I can see that with sure, a little sure. um, Zorro eye patch. Uh, would fit <laughs> if you can actually. get him to do it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Thank you so much for calling, Mel. We really appreciate it. Thank you. We are going to be right back. If you are on the phone, please hang on. Carol and Jane in for Jeff on WTMJ. Back for more. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Jeff's off till Thursday. Carol and Jane, Jane and Carol filling in in the interim, and we're taking your calls and texts about your pets' names. A lot more human names these days than there used to be. You know, used to be Lucky and Spike and stuff like that. 855-616-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line. Lisa from Burlington has been hanging on a long time. Lisa, thank you for joining us. What's your pet's name? Hi, his name is Edward. We've always named our dogs people names. Edward. I love I love Edward. That's a great name. That's a is great it, is, name. And is, we have Stuart also. Edward and Stuart? <laughs> yes. What's it like what's it like, Lisa, yes. when, when Edward takes off and you have to go running through the neighborhood? Edward <laughs> Get over here. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. He he's a very quiet Boston, so he doesn't run through the neighborhood, which is a good thing. <laughs> okay. All right. Excellent. Edward and Stewart, that's great. Thanks for calling, Lisa. Christy is next from Eagle. Hi, Christy. What do you wanna what do you want to share with us? Well, we have um hi, you guys are doing a great job. Oh, um we have three rescues and our one that is twelve, his name is Buck. And he was named after Buck Compton in Band of Brothers. Oh, okay. My husband's favorite miniseries. Yep. And then we got Bailey, who is a lab mix um, from Hoover House. It's a rescue in Genesee, Wisconsin. And I just like the name Bailey, so that's why she got that name. But now we just rescued a third, and he was supposed to be a lab healer mix. So we did the DNA test on him. And he is a little pit bull. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and his, well. his name is Major. He's also from Band of Brothers, named after Major 
Win- uh, Richard Winters. Oh, that's great. And thank you so much for calling, Christy. Really appreciate it. And Band of Brothers is an incredible series if you've never seen it. I've never seen it. It's, but you, you, it's would, you would love it. It's, it's fantastic. Uh, 855-616-1620, Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, talking about your dog's name. Steve, also been hanging on for quite a while. Hi, Steve. What's your pet's name? Hi, oh, Steve. you got me. Sorry. Yeah, that's I you. Really quick. That's okay. Uh, it's uh, Mona Bologna from Barcelona, way across the sea. <laughs> wow. And it's Mona because Spanish, it's Spanish for monkey. Best dog on the south side. The other one, the first time I really heard a person's name for a dog was about three, four years ago. Gary. The dog is named Gary, which I think is just a hoot. That's that's hilarious. Yeah. I, I, I would, now I want to... Really now I want to see Gary's face because I want to see if he looks like a Gary. <laughs> looks like a Gary. You know? Yeah. Uh, lab mix. Lab pity mix like everything else out there. Thanks. Bye. Thank, thank you. Have a great day, Steve. Marsha. Marsha from Iguanago is joining us on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. What did you name your dog, Marsha? Lombardi. Well, we know where it's that came from. The only way I was allowed to- it was the only way I was allowed to get a dog was if I named him after Vince Lombardi. Okay. So we, we all make compromises, but all my other pets, they, I let them give their names to me, you know, based on their, their personality. So we have at home right now, we have Ash, Gizmo, Gypsy, uh, Vanelli, Von Schweetz. We've had Meredith, Christina, and Bailey, and Olivia Pope. I mean... You wow! Come up with the fun names. <laughs> well, yeah. when you when you live on a, a a large piece of land, you can have animals. So we fill our land with all of our friends. Oh, that's wonderful! That's really wonderful, Marcia. Thank you so much for checking in. Bob is up next. Also been hanging on for a while. Hi, Bob. Hello. What's your dog's name? Or your grand Hello. your grandson's yeah. dog? Hi. It's my yeah, my grandson. He got a dog for. He was like about five years old, and it's a uh, labradoodle. And when he first got the dog, he, he couldn't speak that well, and he'd always say, "I love her, I love her, I love her," you know. And so they ended up naming the dog Oliver. Oh, okay, that's a great name. Her. <laughs> That's a great name, Oliver. <laughs> Oliver, that's really cute, Bob. Thank you so much for checking in. Dan is up next on the Accudet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Uh, Dan, we're talking dog names. Yeah, so I have a friend of mine that uh, he couldn't come up with a name of his dog. And he was talking over and over, and he finally just, we just said, why don't you name it good? So he became... Dan, you're you're cutting in and out a little bit. Can you tell us again what he named his dog? Dog. Oh, Dog. Dog. Sure. There does, you go. Does he call him dog or does he call him Dog? Oh, it's definitely. It's Dog. <laughs> I had I had somebody else name their dog that too. Dog. Dog. Yeah, but it's Dog. <laughs> Not D-O-G. You oh, gotcha. D-O-G. D-O-G. Yeah. Oh, got it, got it, got, got it. it. All right. Thank you so much for checking in, Thanks, Dan. Bud. Really appreciate it. Uh, time for one more before we go to the news. Pam from uh, Franklin. Hi, Pam. Thanks for joining us. Well, good afternoon, ladies. My dog, who is the love of my life, eats before my husband. His name is Teddy, T-E-D-D-I-E. Because he looks like a teddy bear. That's really popular. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a really, excellent. That is. That's a really cute name. Uh, teddy the dog. I think. 
do they spell it T-E-D-D-I-E? Most spell it with a Y. Well, for any dogs who can read, that will make a difference. (laughs) 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 Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for calling, Pam. Really appreciate it. We got to go to the news. Here's Mike Spaulding in the WTMJ Breaking News Center. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Jeff is off until Thursday. Carol and Jane filling in in the interim, switching gears a little bit. And again, thank you so much for all of your texts and your phone calls to the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line 855-616-1620. Uh, we're waiting for the Bucks too. Uh, hopefully about 150 we'll be joining them live in their ceremony at the White House. In the meantime, though, uh, this tragedy Friday night in Houston at a show, Travis Scott's Astro World Fest. Um, at least eight people were killed. Dozens injured, an estimated 50,000 people in attendance at this sold-out event. And some of the reporting on this uh, in Rolling Stone in particular, talking about talking to some of the people who were there, they just got squashed. And people started falling, and people were running over them. Um, You know what? From what I understand... Now, I am not a huge fan. I don't follow him. Um, but from what I understand, because there's a million-dollar lawsuit against him and Live Nation right yes, now by yes. one of the people who got injured. And um, they were saying, and this is something that he, do- he like, encourages. Um, to jump the barriers. Uh, not, I don't want to say riot because that's probably the wrong word, but he encourages people to get revved up, if you will. And I, for me, there's got to be some culpability on the part of these, of these artists. You know, if something tragic happens, like, okay, let's go back to the 70s with the Who. Because, I mean, this has happened before. This is not the first time that this has happened. Right. Uh, that was a horrible, horrible tragedy. Horrible tragedy. I went online and I found, which I thought was, it was fascinating, the top 10 concert tragedies and mishaps. Number eight, they even had something at Woodstock in 1999. There was an incident there. David Cassidy, the White City concert of 1974. Now, of all things, right, David Cassidy? But he was huge He was huge. What he announced in 1974 was that he was going to um, quit touring at 24 years of age, uh, and he announced his White City concert in London, and then the hysteria just ramped up, and the 35,000 capacity sports arena was sold out immediately. Some people who didn't get uh, tickets were still outside, but when he finally made it to the stage, the hysteria over him, and people were trampled, people were walked over, squished, the whole thing. So, I mean, it's it at, just happens. At, at David Cassidy. Yeah, I mean, you've got Altamont. I mean, you've just got these things that are just like you wouldn't think of it as being... That kind of a show. That, or, right. or, or creating that much of a frenzy, I guess. Right. But I... I remember doing, um, I had to work Summerfest for a few years, and like when Imagine Dragons were on, oh my God, the crowds were just massive, massive. And I didn't really understand Imagine Dragons that much, but I have come to understand that they, yeah, they bring them in for sure. Right. But I just, don't you think that there's some kind of responsibility that the artist has to bear if you are asking them to rush the stage. I mean, you saw them. They were the guards were desperately trying to pull these people over this the stanchion in the front, 
It was just, it was terrible. It, it really was terrible. There's also a video of a young woman who managed to get out of this pit and climbed up onto a cameraman's stand where he was where he was shooting it because it was live and she is screaming at him going we need to stop the show people are dying people are dying right and certainly for the concert organizers they have to have safety and and security in mind when they set these up but it also sounds like they weren't prepared with the number of people uh medics on hand uh, one young woman said she's an ICU nurse. She actually started helping uh, do uh, uh, heart compressions on people who had had heart attacks because they didn't have enough medics available. They didn't have enough uh, kits available. There, like you said, there's there's one lawsuit in the offing. It's going to get much, much worse. I just don't understand... Um you know, and I've taken Liz to a lot of concerts. I've taken, we've, she's seen a lot of, just by the nature of my beast that I was working in, you know, I was allotted a lot of, um, nice access, things. Access. You got access to things. Yeah. Um, nice things. And so she saw a ton of stuff. Now, but I always made sure that she was with me. I never, I never pulled up and let my 14-year-old daughter jump out of the car and go to a, see a show. I'm just not not that at, was not, not, at me. Four, not at 14. When did you allow her to go on her own? At what age? I would say probably the high school, like late high school. So 16, 17, 17, 17. 18, something like I mean even 18, I think well, 18, she's an adult, she can do whatever she wants. Um but uh yeah, I would say around 17 and even then I was a little nervous. I'm sure. Cuz some of come some of the the concerts that she was going to would they're rockers. They would lend themselves to you know, some craziness like uh, uh, ACDC. And the, I think the, one of the biggest ones she ever went to now, Paul McCartney, she went with me and we had seat, we had seats and it wasn't like this. That's the this thing free I, for all this. Right. Right. Um, this mosh pit kind of idea, I think, needs to go away completely. And this may well be the turning point for that. Right. This it it may now be you know required seating. People have to have a seat instead of just this open, like you said, this open free for all. Um, this story isn't going to be going away, and it's really really tragic. I'm wondering how young is too young to go to a concert alone? How young is too young? Because I am reading that at least some of these victims were 14, 15 years old. Yes, and I I just don't. I was not, I mean, I was telling Steve about I took lists. Her first concerts were the Backstreet Boys, right? Sure. She, boy, boy bands. Boy bands. She right. wanted to go see this boy. She wanted to go see Backstreet Boys, and I'm like, fine. And I got tickets, and I took her and her friend Mandy, and um, I drove down with, uh, it was at the Bradley Center, and I drove down with signs in my car's windows, and then had to collect the signs, and my sister met us down there, and so I'm. we were the creepy middle-aged women holding up the sign, I love you, Brian, I love you, Kevin. Oh, that's adorable, what you do for your kids. Well, she said to me, she goes, Mom, 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 your sign, your sign, and I'm like, hold up your sign. Okay, I love you, Brian, <laughs> but um, it was... Always having a seat. I didn't want her going someplace where it was just going to be this pit of people. Well, this, yeah, this, it, it just allows for a lot 
it allows for a lot of potential problems. 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Uh, what was the first concert your kid, your child attended? How old were they? And was that the right thing or the wrong thing in, in retrospect? Uh, Caroline Jane, Jane and Carol filling in for Jeff on WTMJ. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Jeff, off until Thursday. Carolyn Jane in in the meantime, talking about this tragedy in Houston on Friday night's music festival, Astro World Fest, where eight people were killed and dozens injured as the crowd just surged to the front of the stage and these people were basically squashed. They were crushed. Uh, yeah. And many had uh, heart attacks. Um, this uh, article in the uh, Rolling Stone, uh, one attendee says there just weren't enough medical people there and they weren't prepared for this. Uh, we're also taking your comments at 855-616-1620 about when was the uh, first concert you allowed your child to attend? What is the correct age for something like that? Now, Carol, you mentioned uh, you took Liz, but she she was 14, but it was a boy band show. Right. And there's, you know, and we were at the Bradley Center where there were all assigned seats and there weren't allowed, you know, on the you know up against the band up stage the, right. they had they had the space for the guys because those were crazy times and those guys were taking their lives into their own hands just going into the whole arenas filled with young girls but <laughs> um so i mean she i don't think i i think she's always had a ticket to sit someplace and never has been in kind of this mosh pit kind of situation it's aerosmith and the stones we always had someplace to sit um i just don't agree with just that man i i'll say this and it has nothing to do against harley or whatever but when i had to MC the harley 100th and we were down at the lakefront and i remember when they opened because there was just people lined up I and can't when even they imagine. when they opened those gates to get to the stage it was just this mad rush and i just remember thinking oh dear god don't fall please don't fall because you're going to get crushed and it was just that was just what they did back then it just doesn't it doesn't happen that much anymore well again 50,000 people in an open setting like that just seems like a mistake i mean paul mccartney must have had 35,000 people when he performed Oh God! Easily, easily. but but um, there were seats right in front of the stage. Everybody had a seat. If you wanted to stand up at your seat, one thing. But you had a seat, and there was no area where you could just kind of meander around. You right. know what I mean? Right. So eight five five six one six one six twenty is the Econet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Uh, Jeff from Fox Point. I am honestly surprised this doesn't happen more often. I have seen some general admission sections that seem like free for alls, territorial mentalities, drug use, and just how worked up people get. I remember in the seventies, and I think this was seventy seven. Pink Floyd came to County Stadium for their animals tour oh sure and that was that was general admission for the grass so i can remember them opening up the gates and us tearing through there uh to get a spot as close as possible Mm -hmm. uh, on the on the grass seats but i didn't ever feel endangered well we're not i bet back i mean it was a long time ago. It was a while ago, and the thing is, is that it's more frenetic now. And you know how people, their mindset, I'm going to get there. You're not going to beat me there. I'm going to get there. I want to be right up in front. And that's just kind of where we are right now as a society, instead of just going, hey, if it's that important to you, you go. Go ahead. You go. 
Yep. We were talking about some of the lawsuits uh, that have been filed. This isn't going to go away anytime soon. Uh, Rod from Plymouth says, I always thought that when you bought a ticket to an event like that, it says on the tickets the event organizers are not held liable if any injuries or anything like that are to happen and that it is attend at your own risk. I haven't been to a large event like this in so long, I, I couldn't even actually tell you what the what it says on the tickets. Well, I wouldn't doubt that for one minute. Because if they're going to hold these kinds of things, that they have to protect themselves somehow. Do I think that's right? No. Eight people lost their lives on this one. And they should be held accountable. And that they didn't control. Crowd control, if you're going to have a general admission like that, crowd control is of the essence. It's everything, isn't it? I, well... I don't know. Is this just, are we just dumb people that just don't think like normal people do? There are companies that do safety consultations for events like this because it is that big of an issue. You have to keep people safe. Right. I, um, I don't know. I'm surprised. I'm with Jeff though. I'm surprised that this does not happen more often. Boy, it's just it's just such a horrible tragedy. Uh, taking your texts again about uh, how old was your child when you let him go to their first concert? I'm taking my seven-year-old to the Riverside Theater for her first concert. Cody Jinx, she can sing all of his songs, and she's so excited. Again, though, that's an instance where these are assigned seats. Right. You are, you are going there. You're not going to be standing in a big mosh pit where people can get shoved up against up against the stage. I think I did go uh, t- when the Dane calling the Dane speak speak the Dane County Coliseum when I was up at Madison when I went to school there seventy six to seventy eight um, that. Like Boston and Starcastle and Foreigner, it was all general, right? We didn't have any place to sit. No kidding. We were all just standing on the floor watching the show, um, which was, you know, pretty interesting when you're <laughs> you're that close. And we were in close proximity, and the fact that it was almost, you know, I almost got a contact high from the guy next to me. <laughs> I'm like, could you stop blowing that in my face, please? <laughs> But um, I mean, we were we were packed in there. It was it was like using a shoehorn to get in there. It was tight. Eight five five six one six one six twenty is the Acunet Mortgage Acunet Speak Jane Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Uh, we are also keeping our eyes on the South Lawn of the White House, waiting for the Bucks ceremony to begin. We will be joining that live in just a moment on WTMJ. Jeff is off until Thursday. Jane and Carol uh, filling in. In the meantime, we are keeping our eyes on the south lawn of the White House, waiting for the Bucks to appear uh, and their uh, their ceremony being named world champions. In the meantime, we're talking about this tragic concert that happened Friday night in Houston where eight people were killed and num- a number of uh, others injured as the crowd pushed to get closer to the stage. Right. And people weren't able to get out they were they were crushed they well, were trampled. Nowhere to go yeah they really uh, and one of the attendees had said that too there are stanchions set up you know to to keep people within a certain area which i understand uh but again we're kind of talking about some of the security and uh, and when you took your child to their first concert rick from norway says hi guys we pretty much phased in concert going with our kids by taking them to Summerfest. then the time by the time they were able to go on their own so i would say my wife and i had our kids essentially go to concert it's alone around the age of 15 or 16 or 17 he says yeah i i was right in that wheelhouse for sure 16, right in 17. that wheelhouse yeah uh-huh dennis from the south side has been hanging on hi dennis uh, when did you take your kids to their first show 
Well, much like the, the last uh, text that you were reading, I, I, first of all, I grew up you know, booking bands when I was in high school for dances for CYO uh, out at St. Aloysius in West Dallas. Three years uh, of that I was doing. So I grew up with live music, and I uh, wanted my kids to experience the same thing I had. So I, I, we started going to Summerfest early, and, and that back when they had the grass seating as general admission for most every concert, not just particular ones. Um, I remember going to uh, Paul, C- Paul Simon, the Graceland tour, and we were on the grass seats, and we were over on the side all by ourselves, which is kind of fun. But going back to that CYO experience, you know, we booked two bands every night, one on either side of the hall, and they took turns playing 45-minute sets. And, and we would you know, bring in the capacity crowd most every dance, which was like 350 to 400 people, and they would just move from one end of the hall to the other end of the hall, you know, all night long, you know, going back and forth as each band would play. And we never really had a problem with that. So it's, it's kind of sad that it's come to this, you know, with society today, how people really just can't seemingly get along and enjoy, just enjoy the music. Well, I, I certainly think, Dan, thank you so much for calling Dennis. I certainly think we live in a much more, uh, it's all about me, and you had mentioned that real, earlier, Carol. It's very aggressive. It, People, it, it's a, we live in a very aggressive society, and I just think that the drive that some people—not all people—but the drive that some people have to be in front and be there first is so overwhelming. We have to go to break. We have news coming up at the top of the hour. Jane and Carol on WTMJ. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, in for Jeff Wagner, here's WTMJ's Carol Kane and Jane Matinair. Jeff is off until Thursday. We're covering for the next couple of days. And right now, we have our eyes on the south lawn of the White House, waiting for the Bucks to appear with the President. It looks like a really nice day in Washington. Sunny. Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, uh, what's the bus hung up someplace, or <laughs> this thing was supposed to start twenty minutes ago? Yeah, it, it's uh, they're a little behind, so uh, we will be keeping an eye on this. Did you have an opportunity to see the championship ring? No, I haven't yet. Um, Peter Fagan uh, with the Bucks was kind enough to bring it in a couple of weeks ago. Is it something? It's something. That's putting it mildly. Okay. Um, yeah. And if you want to check it out, I'm sure it's still on our website at WTMJ.com. Oh, I'm going to check that out. Are you kidding? And, I'm all about the bling. Oh, we all got a chance to try it on. And um, he was he's just so, Peter was just so cool about it. It was like, anybody who wants to absolutely try it on, do whatever you want with it. He was just so relaxed about it and shared how he had taken it, what, to his favorite breakfast place, Mike? Yeah, and uh, Jim, and just like hung out. Like by the free weights with Don, that was my favorite story. They told you guys, but it is something else. It's it's uh, it's beautiful. It's humongous. It's I made big. the joke when he was big. here. I yeah, like, oh, I thought it'd be bigger. <laughs> you thought it would be bigger, but it's huge. It's like the size of a fist. Yeah, there. I Leroy Butler let me tr- put on his Super Bowl ring and his uh, championship ring, NSC championship ring, and they're knuckle busters. There's oh, yeah. no doubt about it. I mean, that's that's huge. But um, and everybody gets one, right, Mike? Like everybody in the organization gets yeah, one. There's different levels of the ring that you get. Um, the players, and then I think the, like the front office executives executives right. get the like the same the ring actual? as the players and then it kind of moves on 
um, to fr- some from some there. lesser yes lesser versions yeah lesser yeah, versions yeah, of yeah, the yeah. ring like an alternate version of the ring and I think I believe that's the same one that they give out like to fans or sell like they're selling them you can go buy a replica and I think that is Might the be. one that you can buy the one you're buying is not okay the actual the, okay. looking the, ring. The coolest thing about this one, though, um, besides that uh, that chip that's in it that you can scan and then have the highlights of oh, the Oh, yeah, the built-in can, QR code yeah, is very cool. Yeah, the QR cool. code is very what? cool. But yeah. you can also take off the top of the ring and wear it as a pendant, which is brilliant. That's a really cool idea. Yeah. Do so we it, think President Biden today will have a necklace of the Buck Championship <laughs> ring on? Will they give him the the, the the necklace, or do you think he's going to wear the, the actual ring and make a fist and do I, that whole thing? I don't know. I hadn't even <laughs> thought about that. We do have our eyes on the South Lawn of the White House waiting for proceedings to get underway with the Bucks uh, meeting with President Biden. You know what I think is real? I heard this just over, and nothing is etched in stone, but this has happened in the past. Um and it was an a thing. the The Bucks coach is very committed to feeding America. Did you know this? Mm-hmm. Very committed to feeding America. So one of the things that they've done in the past is, and I think it's charming. They have this huge fundraiser where they don't have auction items or anything like that to take away from your experience. But the Bucks serve you. That's cool. And they had pictures. I saw a slideshow, and here's Giannis pouring wine, <laughs> handing the food. And they showed in the kitchen, you know, all these giant men with all these little people that are cooking the oh, food. Oh, how funny. It was, I just thought, what a charming idea. Yeah. Because it makes it so much different than the ordinary. Everything else is just kind of ordinary. Well, and fundraisers, unfortunately, they have to follow a lot of the same formulas, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, what a unique resource he has at his disposal that a lot more people wouldn't have the opportunity to to use i just thought it was such a fun idea and i said did all of them he goes yep they have so much respect for the coach that they absolutely every single one of them will show up to participate in this particular or they did in this particular event like i said i don't see anything coming down the pike right now i'll let you know if it ever does absolutely but um i was just like man i'm all in on that one oh that's great we're still watching the white house uh waiting for the door to open and again it looks like a beautiful sunny day on the south lawn in washington dc uh the milwaukee bucks celebrating their championship and uh, we're going to join it live once as soon as uh, as things get rolling. Right now, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. It is Jane and Carol on WTMJ. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Carol and Jane in for Jeff. He'll be back on Thursday. We have our eyes on the south lawn of the White House. Nice sunny day, it looks like, in Washington, D.C., waiting for the Bucks uh, to appear along with President Biden, honoring their NBA championship win. It wasn't that long ago. No, it was uh, just a few months ago, actually. So, I mean, it, I mean, I, I, I am so I was so bummed when the Brewers fell apart because I was I already had a, I had us all in. I had us doing the trifecta. Really? I had. Oh, oh yeah. man. I had us doing the Bucks win. I had us win in the World Series. And let me just say this as an aside. If you're going to lose, you might as well lose to the team that wins. Right? There's that. So, okay. So I had the uh, World Series in our pocket, and I had the Super Bowl coming down the pike. I was optimistic at best. You would have been a broken woman. <laughs> a broken woman. Oh, my Lord. So, yeah, I mean, we're just waiting for the guys. They've got to be there. I would They're just there. Wait. Yeah. They're there. Like, their social media, they're all, they all get time at, like, the, uh, the presidential, like, the podium, and they're all doing, like, little bits. Look, it's like 35 
guys in their 20s right. at the White House, and you probably have Selfies. fairly free reign over what you're doing. <laughs> I'm sure it's like wrangling cats. You know, it's their day off. They're just probably enjoying sitting behind the desk and all that kind sure. of stuff. Did I ever tell you, I don't think you were in on it, but when we were talking about, and Aaron Rodgers was mad because he has, on the day games, he has to stay in a hotel, and right. it's just, okay. So I, they're trying to get rid of that antiquated rule, and but they just want to make sure that everybody gets there at the same time, and that the team is cohesive, right. and all that kind of stuff. So this was my idea, and I think it's a really great idea. I think they should all be allowed to stay at their own homes. And then when the time is right, at like 6.45 in the morning, you go out and stand on your corner with your uniform and all your stuff, and a school bus picks you up. (laughs) I love that idea. I think that is genius. And they just go... From stop to stop to stop. <laughs> Can you imagine the field day the press would have? As you know, you know, here's Aaron Rodgers standing on the corner by his house waiting for a school bus. Just about the parents who would see that as they're taking their kids to school, I think would be priceless. Oh my gosh. I just, I think that would be just yummy. It's just so funny. Just the thought and the visual of them standing. I think Mike thinks I'm crazy. No, I like the idea. Then you're all all on a bus, and you're all headed towards the stadium at the same time. There's no one going rogue. You have to be on the bus or two buses, depending on how many you need. Yeah, but imagine the poor staffers who have to, like, drive around on a Sunday morning to all these player houses and And try and wake them up or, like, (laughs) make sure they're ready to go. And I'm telling you, if Aaron Rodgers or... Uh, Devontae Adams doesn't carry a Barney lunchbox, there's something wrong. I just have a feeling for some odd reason that there might be some pushback on this idea. Well, I don't think it's going to be adopted. <laughs> I just thought it was a funny visual. I absolutely agree. I think that's priceless. <laughs> Would they all get their own seat on the bus? Or they well, have to share, might... like squish in? Because I don't know. I don't know if two of those guys are fitting in one That's a good point. bus seat. I'm, I'm gonna... And then is there going to be fighting over who gets to sit behind the driver? Exactly. The legroom is a premium. Sure. Well, yes. Um, as you can well imagine, that was a big issue with me because I'm so tall. But I uh, I don't know if you take... Everybody gets a roll. How about that? The, there so, you go. You, so, so you have three or four school buses just, you know taxiing down to Lambeau Field. I just, I don't know. I just thought it was funny. It is interesting, though, going back to the whole, the Aaron Rodgers thing was all about the mattress, right? And, and right, it's a, it it's a different mattress and, and, and stuff like that. And that I can actually appreciate. If you've ever had any back problems, you know what it's like, and you know what it's like when you get used to your own. Uh, that's always the best part of coming home from vacation is sleeping in your own bed with oh, your sure. own pillow. Um, so I do, I do understand his argument. It does seem kind of odd that they have to, stay at the same hotel i think it's just the fact that they want them to stay together as a, as a, as a group as a yeah. unit have eyes on them like the coaches can all know when the guys are back in the hotel now at the appropriate time no one's going to be late and like oh can you imagine a snowstorm all of a sudden half the team is oh lives 40 minutes away from lambo and it's a snowstorm and then they're stuck yeah you, you make, know you make a really good point too though it's like making sure that all your kids are home before you can fall asleep yeah, well, for the coaches. I mean, honestly, you forget how young some of these guys really are. And, uh, like, so let's just go, for example, with uh, Jordan Love, 23 years old. Do you know the kind of hell I was creating at the age of 23? <laughs> I don't think Jordan Love is doing, creating that type of mischief. Do you? I'm just, I'm just saying that they, they are the, young people. Right. They are very young people. Right. And I do think that we tend to forget 
just how young they are. Right. I, I told you earlier, I embarrassed my mom about something. It's like, that is so calm, Mom. You have no idea how bad I can really get. Have your kids ever shared with you bad things they've done? Uh, only a couple. So you know, only there, a couple. So you know there are more. Listen, I know the apple can't fall far from the tree. Are you kidding me? I was just, I was the stereotypical middle child. I followed it to the letter of the law. <laughs> I, was, I was the second daughter, and I was the stereotypical rebel. Just a rebel. That's all there was to it. And look how you turned out. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> okay. The facade is still <laughs> until there. We're going to go to break while we are still keeping an eye on the south lawn of the White House, waiting for the bucks uh, to come out. It is Carol and Jane in for Jeff on WTMJ. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Jeff is off until Thursday. Carol and Jane in. In the meantime, always waiting for your, always happy to have your texts and phone calls at 855-616-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. This was supposed to have kicked off 30 minutes ago. Uh, the Bucks in Washington at the White House. We have our eyes on the South Lawn, uh, waiting for their ceremony, recognizing them as NBA champs. And uh, for whatever reason, they're running a little behind, probably lots of selfies going on in the background and all kinds of, can I sit in the chair and can I sit behind the well, desk? Well, and-, and you know what? I can't It's a thrill, I can't, right? I, right. I can't slight them for that. They're excited and it's they're getting access to a part of the White House that they never most, really... Most people never see. And um, I'm telling you right now, I, I don't care who's in the White House. I get invited to meet the president. I'm... I'm running, not walking. I'm going. That's a photo op for me. <laughs> I'm taking it. Absolutely. And uh, we want you to start thinking a little bit uh, as well. Those celebrity moments, those starstruck moments. Have you ever met someone and you were just... Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I've had one in particular. Oh, okay. But uh, we'll we'll save that for, for after. Because, again, you have to think that some of these kids, and like you pointed out, some of them are kids when they're, I know they're adults, and I know that they are, you know, are making big money and and all of that. But twenty two, twenty three, twenty four years deal. old, it, it, that's that's a huge deal. It's a big deal, yeah. And it's important, and it's fun, and it's something they'll talk about for you know their kids and their kids' kids, and it'll always be remember when we were able to go to the White House and meet the president. Yeah, it's absolutely. Very cool. We will go live once things start moving. Uh, we have our eyes on it here on WTMJ, but uh, right now we're going to talk about. Tattoo mistakes. You know, I saw this and I was just like, one, why would you do this? And it says, woman gets huge tattoo of boyfriend's name one week before breaking up. And it's Alexander. She's got Alexander. It's interesting. It's Alexander. It's Alexander all the way down her spine in these big, huge letters. And no sooner does she get this done. And he tells her a week later. I I don't want to see you anymore. See ya. See ya. I can't even imagine. No. I mean, I don't have any tattoos. Do you have tattoos? I do not. No, I um I know Mike Spaulding was showing me some of his that he has. It's really very common now. Well, Liz want Liz wants one. And she wanted one. <laughs> this is the kind of mother I am. She wanted one when she was 16 years old. And she's like, I can go get one. And all I could imagine was this dragon head in the tail, you know, coming down around the, the whole shooting match. And I said, probably. Now, you have to understand, this was 16, 17 years right. ago. And I said, and they weren't as common then. Right. And I said, um, you know what? That's great. 
I think that's a great idea. Um, you should go and get one if you really want one. But on your way out, when your friend's coming to pick you up to take you to go get said tattoo, uh, because you're not going to be able to drive your car because I'm going to confiscate your car keys and now that car belongs to me. And you might want to have to put some thought into where you're going to live and then <laughs> wow. possibly, and then possibly think about how you're going to pay for college. Whoa, mom. <laughs> I know, I you're not you're not messing no, around. No, I, and you know what? Like I just saw the statistic on CNN that like in 1979 or something, 30 percent of the population had tattoos, and I and it's grown oh, since con- then considerably, it's considerably. But for me, um, so I it's just very unfortunate. So she's got all the way down the back of her spine one. Why, as the boyfriend, you, if you know she's doing this, why are you allowing it to continue? Because it's going to take some time to do that. So maybe you want to step in and go, hey, let's stop at the A. Just A. <laughs> just, yeah. my, just use my initials. Just the one. Just, uh, yeah, because he right. had to have known that he was going to be splitting up with her and then let her go ahead and get the whole name tattooed down right. her spine. Down her spine. Uh, but, one, of, one of our texters, I'm sorry, at uh, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620 from the 262 says the only name you should get inked is Mom. Oh, there you go. Sure. I think. Or Santa. Santa. Or, or, you know, uh, some other mythical character or some fictional character. But, yeah, I mean, think of all the celebrities. Uh, Melanie Griffith had Antonio in a big heart on her arm, and then they divorced, and that had to be removed. Um, Didn't Brad and Angelina have some matching tattoos or something? Yes, right. That always seemed really, really risky to me. I never got one. Because, and this is in all honesty, I have such buyer's remorse that I think I told you this already. I buy a couch I hated in a week. <laughs> so I'm not really quite sure what I could possibly. How you would feel about a tattoo in a week? I can't imagine what I would put on my body that after, you know, tw- and 20 years ago, yeah, still looking as good as it, still looking good. Still looking good. All right. We are going live right now to the South Lawn of the White House on WTMJ. Walking down the steps. The team coming down both side of the steps. All wearing suits. Look how handsome they look. They really look great. Yes, please, music. please, please focus in closer. I'm old. I can't see that far. <laughs> I'm going to buy you a pair of speeders. I'm going to have to walk right up to this screen. And we're gathering at the podium. And it does. It looks like a really, really nice day. Boy, they all look sharp, don't they? No one looks more uncomfortable in a suit than a professional athlete. You think? Which I get. I mean, you're you're not a per, you know you're not proportionately regularly sized. I don't think I've ever seen a basketball player wear like jeans. Like they're big. They probably just can't. Yeah, like, they probably can't find them. <laughs> gym shoes, right? Yeah, you're seven feet tall. I mean, yeah. how, how difficult is it to get something that fits you? They look nice though. Hey, there's Peter Fagan. Can you see the rings from here? Are they all wearing their championship rings? See, I gotta look these babies up. Yeah, I believe so. I think some some are. I can see some like shiny bling on on fingers with some some of the executives who I think are standing up in the front there. 
Looking at the trophy. Peter Fagan standing next to President Biden. Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States, accompanied by Mr. Mark Lazary and Mr. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Presidents approach the podium. Well, good afternoon, everyone. <laughs> it's an honor. It's an honor to host uh, the 2021 NBA championship, the champions, the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. I, uh, congratulations to team owners, Mark and Wes and Jamie and Mike, and the two dear, dear friends, Ted and Mary Kellner. You won't believe it, but they're both responsible for my being here. Not a joke. 19, I excuse the point of personal privilege we used to say in the Senate. In 1972, I was a 29 year old kid and decided I was going to run for the United States Senate. I wasn't old enough. You had to be 30 to be a senator for real. When I got elected, I had to wait 17 days to be eligible. And, uh, and uh, right at the very end, my sister managed my campaign, and my brother raised the money. He was 25. My sister was, she used to be three years younger. She's now 20 years younger. But at any rate, <laughs> and we were doing well. We're catching up. No one expected us to have any shot at all. And uh, we, everything was moving. We were actually catching up after being down 56 to 28 at one point and uh we're running out of money and all of a sudden i got a phone call on tuesday saying that we don't have any money to keep any of our ads on tv or radio and so i didn't know what to do and i got a call from a guy named ted kellner and uh four other people and they said come on out to greenville we want to help you out they helped me out they financed the end of my campaign they were my friends before and i'm indebted to them now well thank you both ted and Mary. thank you now that I've ruined your reputation. And while, uh, while he couldn't be here today, I also want to congratulate the team's previous owner and dear friend of mine, a servant of the United States Senate, Herb Cole, one of the finest guys I serve with, a man of significant honor. And folks, congratulations to the staff and to the fans and to everyone here to celebrate, including... Uh, uh, the second gentleman, Doug, where are you, Doug? There's a man who's a basketball fan. He's a second gentleman. He's a first-rate lawyer, and now he's a second gentleman. And I don't know where he has more power. Uh, most of all, congratulations to all the players. Now, I, I know uh, you've got final, you, you know, you got in the finals uh, a, uh, the MVP player here, and, and I'd like to talk about it for just a minute. You know, we, uh, we also got... Uh, someone who earned the award that uh, that's uh, just as important in my book. Dante, I'm honored to uh, to be with him tonight, uh, today, because in 2015, he was the Delaware High School Boys Basketball Player of the Year. 
Conti grew up in Newark, Delaware, attended a high school. I still like him anyway. There's two competing high schools, Catholic high schools in Delaware, Archmere and Slazianum. Slazianum had five times as many boys, and they beat us all the time. But I still, I still have the second highest score of football. You know, I, I don't know, man. Dante, I still like you in spite of that fact. And uh, so, uh, and he won two state championships there. So he's used to this championship. And then he started at Villanova. And the Bidens are a sporting family, particularly my wife, Jill, who's, as she calls herself, a Philly girl. She takes it up a notch. She knows a lot about the sport, and she never forgives anybody if they lose. Uh, but, you know, we went to the University of Delaware, Jill and I, years apart. And then she went on to Villanova grad school, and I went to Syracuse Law School. In 2016, we went to the Final Four to watch our teams play. And I watched... Uh, I watched Dante win his first of his two national titles at Nova. Dante, we're also proud of you back home, but I still like Syracuse. Um, <laughs> and to, to all the players, uh, uh, that's what you re represent for so many people. Pride. Pride and decency. Just look at the enduring images during the finals. Thousands of fans celebrating in the Deer District of, and the, uh, the Herb Cole Way. You know, you represented yourselves and your families, your organizations, and a great American city by staying true to who you are. You did the work of, in the off-season and during the grueling regular season. In the playoffs, down 0-2 against Brooklyn, and then to make it just to keep your, the owners and, and, and your coach in, in <laughs> constant perspiring, uh, you, uh, on the finals, you were down 0-2 against Phoenix. But you never gave up. I watched. It was amazing how you came back. You always believed. And Coach Bud, you got them to play as a team. You know, Giannis, uh, 50 points. 50 points. We're watching live coverage of the Milwaukee the Bucks at the White House along with President Biden. It's been 50 years since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and uh, Oscar Robinson uh, Wanted for the Bucks, and the worst part is, I remember them both. <laughs> I was a kid. I was a kid. Remember them both. Final MVP, two-time NBA MVP, five-time All-Star, and just name one of the, to the list of the 75 greatest NBA players ever. I might add that I'm proud that two Syracuse guys made it: uh, uh, Carmelo Anthony as well as Dave Bing, I actually was at graduate school when they were playing, and who played around this time, uh, the time I was there. And it, it, it just, uh, and, and at just 26 years old, you've, you're just getting started. What makes it even more special is you won the title with your brother, who is here today, and you joined another brother already with a ring. What a hell of a family, I tell you what, man. <laughs> I think you won the gene pool. Uh, and you still got two more, right? And sons living the dream of an immigrant family from Nigeria and then Greece in search of new opportunity. In struggles they always dreamed. Brothers who once had to share the same basketball shoes, all five of them, and before they got to the NBA. I tell you what, I, I would have liked to have been there when you, that fight went on, who got the shoes when. But... Uh, <laughs> At any rate, I know, uh, I, I know your mom uh, uh, is so proud of you and is watching, and, and your dad's watching, looking down, watching over you all. 
and your baby boys who will grow up knowing that anything is possible. And that's the power of the team's example and not just winning the title. <clears throat> Last year as a team, you took a stand for justice and peace in the wake of Jacob Blake's shooting in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And you've gotten and you've gotten people engaged. Now it really mattered. I remember calling your coach. You got people engaged in in, in 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 the vote, in the political process. You've encouraged fans to get vaccinated. You know, you uh, I just want to thank you. I want to thank Drew Holiday and his wife Lauren, who uh, by the way is probably a better athlete. Uh, you're good. You're good. But I tell you what, um, you you married way up, pal. Uh, Jill and I watched her. I seriously, we watched her uh, bring home the Women's World Cup uh, in, in, in place in 2015 to add to her two other Olympic gold medals. I mean, what the hell? You know? <laughs> and they're world-class athletes, and they, they talked about why getting vaccinated is so important and uh, to uh, protect yourself and those you love and people around you, and it matters. So I want to thank you both. And... Uh, and I'll conclude with this. This year marks the 75th anniversary of the NBA. During that time, we've seen uh, uh, generations of players define their eras with their styles and the play and their personalities. And we've seen a distinctly American game become the fastest growing sport in the world. The fastest growing sport in the world. When I first went to Beijing to meet with Xi Jinping, he put me on a basketball court. I'm not like these guys. I can play a little bit. But put me on a basketball court. And I'm thinking to myself, everywhere in the world I go, as I travel the world, basketball. And the best players want to come to America, though, in search of possibilities. And through it all, one thing re remains constant. The values of the game and of the sport. Teamwork, hard work, respect, and the belief that we can strengthen the bonds that bring us together and stand up for something bigger than ourselves. The first time NBA championship team visited the White House was in 1963, when President Kennedy hosted the Boston Celtics. A few months later, in August, Bill Russell returned to Washington, this time to stand on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial to hear Dr. King and his, his speech on I Have a Dream from the whole nation. Today, I'm honored to welcome the Milwaukee Bucks to continue that tradition of sport and in sport and in democracy, unity perhaps is the most elusive thing and the most necessary thing. But that's who this team is. They're unified. That's who we are as a nation. As we saw over the weekend with the getting closer to passing the consequential investments in our nation and our people, there's nothing stopping us when we work together, nothing. And, uh, that uh, as one team, as one nation, there's not a thing we've ever failed to do. Never, ever, ever, when the American people have given half a chance to ever let their country down. And just like you, you've worked together and watching you has just been incredible. So congratulations, Milwaukee Bucks. The best of luck for the rest of this season. <laughs> Actually, this is a season just beginning for us here. But all kidding aside, best of luck next year, but you all are the best. You're the best, and it's a great honor to have you here. Now, I think I'm supposed to introduce somebody, but I'm not sure who am I supposed to introduce now. Uh, yeah, joking. I know. <laughs> I get you guys confused, you know? Anyway, come on. Thank you.
Thank you, Mr. President. Um, I also want to thank the Vice President, who we were able to meet earlier today with our family. I want to, I never know, do I say thank you, Doug? Do I say thank you, Second Gentleman? But either way, um, it's been a real pleasure, and I want to thank you for being here. Um, we want to thank everybody here. It's been a real honor for us, I mean, obviously, as a team, and for everything that we stand for and everything that we've done. Um, but, you know, it's actually really cool to win a championship. Um, you get to come to the White House. And, you know, I think for us, the one thing we'd like is hopefully we'll come back here next year, sir, and we'll do it again. Um, you know, what the hell? Why don't we come back for the next four years? Um, we'll just keep coming back. You know what? Let's do it for eight years, and then we'll do it here. I think that's a good idea. It is, isn't it? So, um, one, we want to say thank you. I want to introduce Giannis, who really needs no introduction. As the president said, um, we led our team to the championship. So without further ado, Giannis. We're following live coverage of the Milwaukee Bucks at the White House. Awesome. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Mark. Um, on behalf of my teammates, the coach staff, the Bucks organization, we are very uh, grateful for this opportunity. Um, you know, a kid from um, Sepolia, Athens, Greece, Grew up from uh, two Nigerian parents that they were struggling every day to uh, provide for us. Illegal in uh, a country that they didn't call home at the time. It's an unbelievable opportunity to be able to be in the White House. Uh, meeting uh, the President of the United States uh, could not be uh, as honored and happy that uh, something like this have, have come something like this in my life. Uh, first of all, I want to thank our families. Obviously, our families are a big part of uh, who we are and what we do, and they did a lot of sacrifices during the year for us, enabled for us to win a championship. Uh, they're not here with us today, but uh, we always carry them in our heart, and uh, I want to thank our families. They're a big part of what we do. Um, um, also, um, thanks to the box fans. Uh, we have the best fans in the world. Uh, they support us from day one. They support us when we, were, we won. We were the worst team in the NBA. And eight years later, we were the best team in the NBA. Um, and they support us all the way along. And uh, we, couldn't, we couldn't do it without them. Uh, and also, um, you know, for everybody out there, uh, this is a great example that, you know, with hard work, uh, with sacrifices, if you dedicate yourself and waking up every single day and try to um, get better in anything you do, in anything you love, and believe in your dreams, you can accomplish great things in life. And, uh, man, as I said, uh, I've done that my whole life, and, and uh, I'm in the White House, and this is, this is awesome. You <laughs> um, can never take moments like that for granted, but without hard work, that would not be possible. Thank you, guys. We've been following live coverage of the Milwaukee Bucks at the White House. We're going to break Jane and Carol in for Jeff on WTMJ. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Jeff will be back on Thursday. He is off for a couple of days. Carol and Jane, Jane and Carol filling in for him until then. Uh, really nice to see the uh, White House ceremony with the uh, Milwaukee Bucks and uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is so amazing. And one of my favorite stories 
about him was just a woman was driving to work and she saw this really large man walking with a duffel bag and she stopped and it was a really cold January day or something Mm -hmm. and she stopped and asked if he needed a ride and it was Giannis. Oh, really? Who was walking to the practice facility and this freezing January day. Did he take her up on it? (laughs) Yeah, he took the ride. Or just put him in the back of the van because the seat. <laughs> there's no way we can put the can, seat back far can enough. Can you just for you. fold yourself yeah, and we'll get you in here, no problem. But he does seem like, uh, and I don't know. I, we share a birthday, which I think oh, is hilarious. Do? Yeah, he was December sixth too. Wow. Um, so I'm hanging my hat on that one. I, I would. And but he does seem like just a like a like nice, a peach. Yeah, like, like a, a nice guy. Um, and he's been able to, you know, at a very young age, he's been able to reach incredible heights and do incredible things. And, but yet at the same time, it's like he hasn't lost his humanity and morality. You know what I mean? Yes. He never comes off as arrogant. No. Or ungrateful. Right. You know, and, uh, while at the same time acknowledging the sacrifice that it takes and the dedication that it takes and the hard work that it takes to accomplish something like that. Right. But still retain his own sense of self, which, I'd, like you said, is is really very impressive. I don't think it... Uh, I, it's very... I, I'm not saying that it's rare, but I would think that it's probably not as common as you'd like to think that it is, because well, you're making that kind of heady money. It's easy to, you know, all of a sudden think that, you know... I'm pretty good. Yeah, I'm... Not only am I pretty good, my you-know-what doesn't stink. Yeah. This is great. You know, look at me over here. And it's just like, mm, the minute you start thinking that is the minute that you are completely disposable. Well, and you make a good point. I think for some of these athletes, they are told at such a young age that you're incredible. Yeah. You're you amazing. To- you're incredible. You're one of a kind. And you start believing it. You know, that can that can lead to problems. And it reminds me to something that my mother always said. And it's don't let it go to your head. You know, good job. Well done. Don't, right. Don't get braggy about it because that way karma will come back and kick you in the back of the head. Right. Right. So, I, I mean, it's really it's wonderful to see them out there and it's wonderful to see them getting their props. And I did look up the ring and holy crap. I know. It's really something, <laughs> which is an understatement, uh, one of the understatements of all time. I got to be honest with you. I might take a running start at one of those guys, try and tackle him and get the ring off his finger. <laughs> I just want the necklace part. The necklace oh. The necklace would be cool. And they do sell uh, replicas. Yeah, uh-huh. you can get them. And they're not that expensive. Like well, I saw one site that had them for like forty nine ninety nine oh. or something like that. Well, there's Christmas right there. I, yeah. All well, right. We're gonna. I, I'm in the mood for Christmas stuff. I got to get started. <laughs> we are going to be back tomorrow. John Mercure and the afternoon Wisconsin's afternoon news uh, afternoon news show is uh, coming up. But we will be back tomorrow, starting at noon. All kinds yep. of stuff we didn't get around to today. We have yeah. There's a we have a ton of stuff and a lot of what I want you out there to think about is you brought it up earlier. Starstruck. Have you ever been starstruck? Or who is the most um, impressive slash famous person you ever met. And how did you react? Right. Were you were you tongue tied? Did you embarrass yourself by being like super fan? I I I I'm trying to think. Um, I've met quite a few, as have you, right. just because of the nature of the beast. Right. But um, there were a couple that I was just like, huh. <laughs> 
I hope you will join us. And we can't thank you enough again for all the texts and the phone calls to the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line at 855-616-1620. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of the afternoon. John Mercure and the gang are next on WTMJ.